Hey, hey, it's Ina Esco, episode 40 of the Verbally Effective Podcast in full effect. And we are bringing the Verbally Effective Podcast to life at my alma mater, Lamorno and College, during their homecoming week. That's right, this upcoming Friday, October 26th, 3 p.m., the Little Theater. I will have six panelists, dynamic panelists, that is, Earl Fisher, Devin Steele, Tammy Sawyer, Michael Mosby, Mr. Lemoyne, Fred Jones, Miss Lemoyne, Natalie Perman. They will be our panelists as we talk to the students of Lemoyne on College about topics including social media, music, and voting. I can't wait. I'm so excited. Let's hear from a couple of our sponsors for Verbally Effective Podcast Live Talk Show. Unfurl your curls. Nature's Protein has re-emerged with our latest, greatest coconut restore line of products for wavy, curly, and coily hair. Formulated to provide your hair with the best care, these amazing new products are sure to add moisture, provide curl control, keep your mane hydrated while leaving your hair healthy and full of luster. Unfurl your curls with Coconut Restore. The alibi presented by the SQ901 is a social nightlife experience. October 27th at the Redfish, 1433 Union Avenue on the second floor. You can get your tickets today at thealibi.eventbrights.com. Verbally Effective, episode 40. Your double E, Ina Esco here. Thank you so much for listening to the podcast. You could be anywhere in this world right now, but you are here with me. And I have a special guest here with me today. I have Chief Event Strategist of <laughs> Cynthia Daniels and Company. Miss Cynthia Daniels. What's up, Ina? How you doing? <laughs> I'm good. I'm good. Thank you for letting me come on the show. I've been so excited. Looking forward to this. I'm so glad you're here. You look yeah. so beautiful, Cynthia. Well, thank you, Double E. You look beautiful, oh, too. That yellow is popping. Thank you. No, honey, <laughs> boo. You brought your A game today, honey. Thank you. And a lot of people... Um, I know they see you out and about all the time, but we're going to get into some of the, you know, background of Miss ah, Cynthia Daniels okay. today. Some I'm game. things people may not know. Okay, I'm game. You game? Yes, you ma'am. Game. Now, we first met years ago. Oh, my gosh. That was a, it was like a women's empowerment. 2013. Uh, 2013. Five years ago. You were new to the city. I was new to the city. <laughs> you were new to the city talking about you an introvert. I am. I'm, I'm claiming team introvert all day. I don't know why, but I mean, you have <laughs> such a big personality to me. Yeah. Your personality is, is you know, very um, approachable. Yeah, I try to be. Yeah. Very, very friendly. And yeah. um, I remember us having conversations yeah. at the first time we met. And I was like, you're here from Atlanta. Why did you I move know. to Memphis? <laughs> That's the number that? one question I get asked. I remember. I remember. And I'm yeah. like, oh, my God, I'm on the panel with Ina Esco. Like, I've made it. <laughs> look at you. But wait a minute, girl. You have. Your trajectory has just oh, whoosh, whoosh. How you feel? It's, it's surreal. Mm-hmm. Um, I didn't plan any of this. I, I give all the credit to God and he Amen. keeps giving me these visions and my events get bigger and bigger. And I just say, okay, let's go. Let's go. If you gave me the vision, it'll happen. But in hindsight, it's still incredible. Um, I just had a, a event elixir last month. I had 1800 people wow. at one event. Oh that was God. not the plan and it happened <laughs> and it was just, it was easy for me and easy because it was, me operating in my gift. Right. But it's still crazy. Who has a party with 1,800 people? Cynthia Daniels and <laughs> company. That's who. <laughs> it was crazy. So you say you're operating in your gift. How mm-hmm. would you describe your gift? My gift is uh, creating 
um, the unthinkable, unimaginable type of event. Um, I like to say I create an experience. I don't want it to just be a party where we're all doing the exact same thing from beginning to end. I like to think about different elements throughout any event that I plan. So that's my gift to 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 strategize what I create. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So for Elixir, mm-hmm. what are like some of the elements that went down in Elixir? Okay, so I really try to outdo my own self, right? Like <laughs> they say, you're your you're your own challenge. Yes. Or um, you're your own competition. I'm sorry, mm-hmm. that's the that's the word and phrase. And so I wanted it to be more than just a party. I wanted it to be a place where people can go from room to room. So it's four different rooms. You have the Velvet Room that's themed after my hometown, Atlanta. Uh, So it's real smooth. You got some 90s vibes and we have live music. You've got the Lit Lounge. So that was the red room. And color was really important for me, right? The visual part of the experience. Lit Lounge for me. I uh, went to college in the late 90s, so we're talking cash money, hot hey, boys, 90s. UGK, 8-Ball. So okay. And it was packed, that okay. particular room all they night. they wanted to be lit. They wanted to be lit. Okay. Uh, then we had the Neo Soul Lounge that was amber lights, real chill. You know, you might want to get away from the movement, so you want to just kind of sit back and relax. And then we had the reggae room. That was something mm-hmm. new for me this year, right? It was green. Um, I know a lot of people love island music, and I wanted to create a space for them. And people stayed in that room all night. So it was really, um, to me, something I have never experienced, and people seem to really enjoy it. Wow. Yeah. (laughs) That's a yearly event. That's a yearly event. So this was my second one. Okay. Um, Okay. Yeah. Okay. So I know you have your annual event. Yeah. And we're going to get more into some of the events. Okay. But before we go there, yes. you mentioned that you were from Atlanta, ATL, Georgia. ATL, yeah. Now, how was it growing up in Atlanta? You know, so I, I was born in 1980, grew up in College Park, and um, I was about seven or eight, so late 80s, moved over to southwest Atlanta. Atlanta, to me, was just always the place to be. Um, it was nicknamed the Black Mecca. We had Jack the Rapper showcases. You had Freak Nick. Of course, I was not of age. But um, all of the celebrities hung out there. Back then, the Falcons were good. We had the Atlanta Hawks back when they were yellow and red. I mean, we had... We had it going on. Mm-hmm. Um, this was before we had a lot of traffic, before everybody else really found out about the city. But um, for me, the, my most uh, precious memories were more so in the mid-90s uh, when, when Goody Mob and Outkast came out. Mm-hmm. You know, because we had ABC, another bad creation for the millennials. Google them. <laughs> uh, we had Crisscross and we had Jermaine Dupree, but Outkast just... They brought something different to the yes, city, and I think it made people proud to be from Atlanta. So that's where I grew up in, in terms of music, uh, the culture, black businesses everywhere. Everybody supported each other. One thing people don't know, my mom actually had a teenage club she called did. My Brother's Keeper. Um, so I was like 13 working the concession stand. Oh, <laughs> this is wow. 93. It was a club club for teens. A, a club for teenagers. Okay. It was a safe place uh, in southwest Atlanta off Camden Road. Greenbrier Parkway. Um, and so it was a place where, you know, parents could drop their kids off, feel safe. And she she kept that club, I think, for about 10 years. Wow. Yeah, okay, so, so now I can kind of feel with some of that. A little about the DNA. And yes. I guess, you know what, I guess I took in all the events she created there, and I really didn't pay attention to it until this moment. Like, wow. I remember meeting Tevin Campbell, 
Goody Mob, Outcast, MC Light, they were uh, Big Daddy Kane. They were Woo! coming to to like meet the kids and and wow. really uh, perform for them. It was really cool. Oh my! Yeah. Okay, it's all coming <laughs> forgot, to me I mean, now. Look, like, I kind of blanked out there. <laughs> okay, so it's in your DNA. It's in your blood. Hey, mom, what's your mom's name? Caritha Daniel. Is she still in Atlanta? She is in Atlanta. Yeah. Okay. So I try to visit her as much as I can. Okay. Any yeah. siblings? I have an older brother. Okay. Who's also an entrepreneur? Uh, okay. All right, I'm gonna tell you something else what? about me. You don't know. Tell me, tell me. I was on a hook with Ti. Shut up! <laughs> oh, what song? What song? Was oh my god! So bef- my brother was a producer, uh, late '90s to mid 2000s. He managed Attic Crew. They I had a group. Ca- they had a song called "Dope Boy Fresh." And the girl didn't show up that particular day to the session. I was home from school, Alabama A&M, and my brother was like, hey, I need you on this hook. You were singing <laughs> on the hook or, or just So I said, something? dope boy fresh. Ooh, he's so fresh. But I'm saying fresh. I'm enunciating the S-H. He's like, nah, nah, nah. I need you to, like, chop that up a <laughs> bit. Do it Yeah, dope boy fresh. So, <laughs> so he's coaching me kind of like we've been coaching before we started recording oh my god i forgot about that too so yeah i need to hear this song don't worry you can go right, look are go- you getting your royalties <laughs> you know i'm mad about <laughs> the group broke up like the song was a hit i think it came out like around um the all-star weekend i want to say it was all-star weekend in atlanta I- i'll have to fact check that but um as soon as they were about to record the video People had egos. They went their separate ways. Those yeah. Egos. Yeah. <laughs> That's a fun fact about Cynthia a lot Daniels. Of pe- a lot of people don't know that. Oh, my. <laughs> now, you said you were growing up there um, mm-hmm. probably the time you went to um, college. Yeah. Maybe even after. That's when you saw the surge with everyone moving to Atlanta. Definitely. Definitely. Mm-hmm. So I went to school in 98. And so I went to Alabama, uh, and in Huntsville, but I feel like that's when everybody was going mm-hmm. to Atlanta, not only to start their careers or just um, get on with these big companies, but then you also had the uh, the HBCUs there. Mm-hmm. You got four black colleges sure together. Do. I would have gone had it not been down the street from me. Mm-hmm. Um, I but, wanted to go to Clark. Oh, man. I wanted to go to Clark, but yeah. I had, girl, I had so much going on my senior <laughs> year. I was too late with trying to get the scholarship, yeah. but thank God I had got a full scholarship to LLC. Thank you, LLC. LOC in the house. HBCU. HBCU. I'm saying represent. Yes. But how was Alabama A&M? Oh, you know, it was. How did you choose that school? (laughs) Staying in Atlanta and saying, Mom, I'm going to Alabama A&M. You really, you are really (laughs) peeling back layers today. (laughs) Oddly enough, so my best friend's big sister went to Alabama A&M. I knew I wanted to go to an HBCU, so I applied to Tennessee State, Xavier, and she said, you know what? I'm going to visit my sister this weekend. I want you to ride with me. So I'm like, sure, no problem. Out of all the weekends, I went to Alabama a University. Goody Mob oh, just so happened to be performing in the gym. I said, oh, <laughs> this is a sign. This is where I'm going to school. So I applied. Back then, we had paper application that you had to I mail in. Um, so filled that out, got accepted, got a scholarship, and, and that was it. But also, the, it was a beautiful campus. I think most of the black colleges I went to, it's kind of in the hood. Um, and I think we just built where we could, right, when you think about these HBCUs. But when I went, just lush green land everywhere. It's on the hill. Literally, it's on the hill. 
Um, and I'm a historian. I love our history. So William Hooper Council, who founded the school, mm-hmm. he actually built it around the auction block where he was sold as a slave. And so wow. hearing that story just, I you know, t- after after doing the research, mm-hmm. Goody Mob sold it. But once I really mm-hmm. started digging deep, I said, yeah, yeah, I have to go there. You found a lot of those stories with yeah. these HBCUs. Yeah. I went on back in the, like, early 1800s. 18, absolutely. Mid-1800s. I'm telling you, these millennials don't know. Like, there is purpose in HBCU. Yes. We have to support them. Yes, definitely. Yeah. <laughs> now, what kind of activities were you engaged in on campus you in know what? Alabama A&M? So this is, again, introverted Cynthia. I really was very studious. Uh, my roommate was from Birmingham, so she was a popular one. So I really just kind of followed in her shadow. Um, I kept to myself. I went to the football games. I love basketball, so I was at the basketball games. But I really wasn't an, an active person. Um, I did end up pledging, though. Mm-hmm. Um, and, of course, you can't, it was taboo. You can't tell anybody you want to pledge. But um, my my academia was very important to me. I took school very seriously. So, um, And I volunteered a lot. I did do Big Brothers, Big Sister, things that people don't really do in college. I was volunteering on Saturdays while people were sleeping mm-hmm. in awesome. after the party. So... Um, I think pledging kind of brought out a little bit of my personality, but you would either find me in a in a book somewhere on campus reading. You might find me, you know, at a game in a gym. That was pretty much it. Wow. Pretty low key. So when you pledged, what yes. was your classification? So I was uh, I pledged my junior year. Wow. Yeah. So yeah. I mean, immediately after you crossed, yeah. you guys probated and <laughs> it was on and popping in your life. Did things change after you? After you cross, because sometimes you listen, people's lives listen. change. It was it was interesting because people knew of me. You know, the smart girl, the girl from Atlanta. Okay, another fun fact: I had tens in my car, what? so people knew you me. I had bump, a bump. I had, <laughs> <laughs> I had a silver Honda Civic on campus, so you would hear me coming. So I'm playing ball and G, wow. UGK. So I was always the girl with the silver Honda. So when I became a Delta, it was, that's the Delta girl. <laughs> wow. So I had my tens. Oh, my god. What gosh. was your line name? Uh, <laughs> Moonstone. So we were 29 Jewels of Envy. Okay. But my other, so we had two line names. One, obviously, in the in the inner circle, which I'll share, you know, this this 17 years ago, but tongue twister. So as you witnessed earlier, when I kind of get ahead of myself, I just started mixing up my words. So um, they were kind to me. Some people, they just gave them some, some real names they wouldn't want to share in public. Oh my, are you still close to your line sisters? Out of 29 jewels of envy, um, I do. Luckily, we have Facebook. Social media keeps us connected because everybody gets married. They have kids. I would say at least half of them I do stay connected with. The majority of them are still in Alabama. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I do try to visit them when I'm driving through Birmingham and Huntsville. Did you ever yeah. go through like this spell with them of being a bridesmaid? Oh my! You everybody, everybody got married right after right. graduation. I'm like, well, did I miss out with this cap over here? I should have yeah. hollered at it. It's cute or whatever. But um, yeah, I would say half of them got married right out of college. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. And I'm. I just remember like a lot of weddings I was in after I graduated a college. A lot, <laughs> a lot. Not <laughs> even knowing a, what a marriage was, and girl. Then it was a big dry spell. <laughs> and I think the dry spell still going on. Yeah, and a few. It's funny because a few of us in our late thirties are 
just now getting engaged and getting married. So maybe now the other half of us will, will be married off. Are you in, Are you getting engaged soon? Oh, not me. No, no, okay. no. I'm still a bridesmaid. No. You still no. a bridesmaid? I'm still a bridesmaid. So you're dating. You're on the dating thing. <laughs> uh, I wish I was. Um, no. I... <laughs> <laughs> I'm single and ready okay. to mingle, um, but I, I really don't get approached in Memphis. I as just, much as I'm out. I can't believe that, Cynthia. It's the facts. It's all facts. Like, no, nobody approaches me. I, I like to think I'm a nice, pleasant person. You I smile. Are. Like, I'm Beautiful. Mingle, thank you. I, I greet people. Friendly. I, nice. I <laughs> Good heart. Girl, you putting out the uh, commercial for me. Thank yes. you. <laughs> but, no, I do not get approached. I don't date in Memphis. And, and maybe I'm supposed to be focused on my business, but I, I like to hang out. I think I'm, it'll come. I'm available. I think it'll come. As <laughs> I think, like, you know, you're operating in your purpose. Yeah. So, right yeah. now, that kind of trumps a lot of things. He, yeah, that's true. You, know? you get distracted, maybe, when you're dating. Yeah. I don't know. They but no. in them DMs. You know, the wrong people be oh! up in them DMs. And I delete, 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 delete. You know, they send an emojis. I'm like, that ain't what that emoji means. <laughs> yeah, that's that old millennial stuff. Yeah. emoji stuff. Yeah, give me some old school coating. You like, know, that's yeah. what I'm about. Drop a line. Ask me how my day starts. I mean, you yeah. know, something yeah. like that. Exactly. For you. For me. Look, I'm for talking me. about for you. For you. I know you <laughs> I, out the game. I already yeah, I'm know. Not, I've been out the game a long you time. You just celebrated your anniversary, right? Um, Our anniversary actually is November 28th. Okay. We'll be 11 years this year. Ah, that's beautiful. Yeah. That's yeah. beautiful. Yeah. But what's I the mean, secret? I need to know. Girl, let me tell you something. My yeah. husband is a homebody country boy. <laughs> really? I, I didn't got with Mississippi. So, <laughs> and I, did, I would be honest, I dated a lot of type of guys yeah. in my day just yeah. to figure out what I liked. Yeah. But I think he was very family oriented. Mm -hmm. Some mm -hmm. things that I was lacking on my end, yeah. I think he kind of balanced it out. Nice. You nice. know, okay. and he wasn't a, the jealous type. I didn't want a jealous husband. That can be crazy. Seriously. Have you been through a jealous, jealous type I wouldn't say jealous, but I've, I've dated guys that wanted to compete with me. What? They feel like if I have this then they need to have more than me or they need to make more. And I'm I'm not that person. So I, I do feel like I've met that a bit. And, when you and, noticed it, did you say something? Um, I think it was just a red flag. So mm -hmm. I would count it as, okay, that's red flag number one. So once they get to the third one, it's like, you know what, this not working. Mm -hmm. My time is precious to me. Your time is precious to you. Let's just go our separate ways, that kind of thing. Because I, I don't think that's anything you can change. I think, mm -mm. you know, once you're jealous, you can't go back. Right. Yeah. In their character. Exactly. In their DNA. Mm -mm. Yeah. <laughs> oh, let me ask you this. I know I'm asking a lot of dating <laughs> questions. Uh, what's up, girl? Have you ever dated older, like 10 years older than mm, you? Not 10. So <laughs> that's too many. You really, too, you look, really dig deep. There was this one guy I dated. He was six years older than me. Mm -hmm. And when I moved to Memphis, I met him. And I said, okay, God, this is why I'm here. This is my soulmate. And we dated off and on for about five years, but he really didn't want to settle down. He w didn't want a family. So I, you know. You knew it was time to cut that I knew it was time. Because you, you want to date with purpose, right? Mm -hmm. I mean, once you hit 30 and then 35, like, what what's going on? What are we doing here? And it just, you know, it didn't work out. So I was yeah. thinking maybe you just, you know, maybe ten someone years older, older or more mature okay. may fit the bill. But you I'm just hoping. never know these days. You know, they say opposites attract. Um, it could be somebody younger, it older. It could be I don't 10 know. years younger. Oh, wait a minute. Ooh, I, don't <laughs> I don't know. know. These millennials, I don't mm. know, girl. I don't know if we could relate. 
what is, what do you think are some of the biggest characteristics of millennials with dating? I don't think they have patience. I think um, it takes time to get to know somebody, being friends first. And I think a lot of people that are younger rush into relationships mm-hmm. and then they don't work because you don't know the person. So I think that's the biggest thing I've noticed with millennials. Like, you know, take some time to get to know a person with their interests, but you can't be in love after one week and, and y'all in a relationship on Facebook already. It's, it's too fast. Yeah. So yeah. do you think social media has affected? Oh, man. Social media is the worst. I mean, media. everybody's so perfect on social media in these relationships, and there are good days and bad days. I don't think it's, there are any more realistic um stories or or relationships anymore it's just for the gram it's for facebook Mm -hmm. now you know i wonder if that'll ever go away i don't think so i think it's it's been here this long i think it's kind of the expectation now um yeah it's it's it is crazy it is crazy and at the same time i do tell some of my friends like you don't want to put all of your business on facebook but if y'all can't be in one picture together that's also a red flag right Exactly. He hiding, girl. Exactly. <laughs> you might want to check into that. Okay. Okay. <laughs> wow. I'm just all in your dating life. I mean, girl. you. You. First of all, it's like exclusive <laughs> stuff. Stuff I done blocked sure out of is. my memory. I'm. I forgot I had tens. Forgot I'm my mama had the, the teenage club. You yeah. was on a hook. On a hook with Ti. Yeah. <laughs> now, okay. So you graduated. Let's yeah. let's kind of go back. You graduated right. from Alabama A and M. Yes. What did you do immediately after college? <laughs> okay. So went to grad school, right? Because I, w- I really wasn't ready to be an adult yet. Mm-hmm. So gave me two more years to go to grad school. And then I packed up all of my stuff and moved to Atlanta. Mm-hmm. You know, Huntsville was great for, for college. It's a sleepy town. Don't get into any trouble. But I said, I got to go back home to the A. Got my two degrees. You know, I'm like feeling myself. Ready. Got my briefcase. Ready like for I'm the ready, world. Ready for the world. And I worked uh, with an organization um, in nonprofit space. Um, I had an HR background. That's really where my uh, degree is in behavioral science. And so, you know, just worked a job. Now, I hung out in Buckhead a lot. Oh, you was partying. Because, I, you know, I, I stayed the course in college. Now I can party, yeah, right? I've earned that, right? It. I yes. earned it. And, oh, my God, just a lot of good memories. <laughs> Mm, <laughs> were made in Buckhead, and of course, you know you're you, you're of age, so I'm enjoying the adult beverages. I'm mm-hmm. no curfew anymore, right? Because right. when I left, you what you want, I had yeah. a curfew. Now I'm I'm out here living my best life. Mm-hmm. Um, but of course, um, responsibility definitely kicked in, and and you know, as I got a little older, I said, okay, this is this is enough of the nightlife. Too much Buckhead, yeah. but it was it was fun. You had fun. I did. <laughs> leaving all that good stuff that's a great question um so as i said i was feeling myself i had two degrees i was getting promoted very quickly uh in my job i got my first promotion in less than a year and i'll never forget in 2008 boss calls me in the office he's like hi cynthia we need to talk i'm thinking okay i'm about to get another promotion like i'm killing it and he's you know saying basically you know we are having to do some cutbacks you know we're not getting donations like we used to and we're going to have to lay you off mm. and i'm thinking you know it hit me but i'm still thinking i'm you know i don't know any any better oh i got two degrees like i will find a job tomorrow that's good thank you mm-hmm. have a good day i appreciate the opportunity monday i'm gonna give me a new job so i thought um and i'm applying for jobs on monster career builder you know it just it turned into a, a really bad situation because I was either 
you know, you're getting these rejection emails or people will call me in for an interview, but I'm just a, a checking, they're checking the box with me, mm-hmm. right? Because they really have this more qualified person that also got laid off with 30 years versus me, this person out of college with, you know, maybe one or two years. And so about three months in, my mom is like, hey, you can move back home if you need to. And I'm like, nah, mom, I'm good. I'm good, love. It's going to work out, mom. <laughs> um, and three months of not working turned into six months. Six months turned into nine months. At nine months, I said, hey, mom, can I still move into that little room? Mm-hmm. That that little room I left when I, uh, before college. So move back home. And um, at 12 months, that year hit. And my mom, she has this really tough conversation with me, right? And I'm thinking, well, I'm doing all that I can do. I'm, I'm, you know, went to school, got the degrees, I got the experience. I'm applying for, like, you know how it was back in the day. You uploading resumes yes. back to back to back to back. I'm doing everything right, but nothing is happening. And she says, you know, you got you to gotta change up some things. You know, what are you doing? Like, it's, it's up to you to, to do something about your life. And that just hit me. Like mm-hmm. I'm, I'm feeling like defensive. Like, mom, I am trying. Like, this is just, this is it. Mm-hmm. I'm on the couch every day applying for jobs. You know, and I think in her mind, she was expecting me to kind of go door to door with the yeah. briefcase, and I'm trying to aggressive. tell her, right? And I'm like, <laughs> it doesn't work like that anymore. We're in this digital world, but it upset me so much, Ina. I remember going to my room. I really don't share this a lot. I'm getting a little emotional thinking about it, but I just started crying and praying. Mm-hmm. Like, God, how did my life get to this point? I have done everything right. You know, what What am I supposed to do? And I heard clear as day from God. Oh, my. You need to move. Mm. Like, all right. Well, God, how do I move with no money? <laughs> like, how does that How does that work? And um, ended up going to sleep. You know, it was late at night. And I woke up the next morning. I remember thinking, okay, think about cities where you know people, right? And just just try it out. So I had some friends in Huntsville where I went to college, but that's more of an engineering town. Had a friend. I uh, worked at Best Buy in college. So uh, Alicia Sample is that friend, if she's out there listening. Um, and called her up. And I'm telling her what happened. And she says, yeah, I got a room for you. I'm in, I'm in Whitehaven at my parents' house. Come on. Boom, boom. I pack up the car, move to Memphis, and got a job in two weeks. See how that That's- all lined up. <laughs> what did your mom say when you said, Mom, I'm moving to Memphis? Oh, my God. First of all, this is when Memphis was on First 48, like, every oh yeah, every episode, right? She's like, no, you're not moving to Memphis. You know, she didn't say anything. I just saw that. I saw the fear in her mm-hmm. eyes, but I also saw that look of, well, I'm the one that shared with her that she needed to do something. So this is her doing something. So I just know she had to have strong faith to believe that I could just move to a new city. Mm-hmm. And again, hustle and flow was out. So just the best images of Memphis were not really portrayed at the time. But I'm an adult. Like, what else could she do but let me at least try it out? And I had nothing to lose. Right. Like, if you're making no money right and you move somewhere else you had hit the year mark too <laughs> a whole year right yeah. so i had nothing to lose and i just mm-hmm. packed the car and moved were you scared i was i don't know if it was scared <laughs> um i think it was more so questioning like what what the heck am i doing what is about to happen? I'm going into this unknown place like it's one thing to go to college but mm-hmm. with in college you with other like their structure. Everybody's yeah. starting over in a new place. But for me, it was, okay, I'm starting over. I don't know anybody. I don't know the lay of the land. But I had nothing to lose. I think it was almost just a moment of, let's see what happens. Oh, wow. Yeah. 
So when you hit Memphis, <laughs> I mean, was it everything that you thought it would be? Child. I hit Memphis September 2009 in Whitehaven. In Whitehaven? In Whitehaven. Whitehaven. We know about Whitehaven. <laughs> it was different. Different. <laughs> <laughs> very different. Very slow. Mm-hmm. You know, this is now, now Atlanta, when I left in 09, traffic everywhere. Right. It was a hustle. They're and building bustle. all of these places. Yes. We got this beautiful skyline. I mean, just all types of um, diversity. And so moving to Whitehaven, it was just, it was almost like a, it just slowed me all the way down. I remember Southland Mall being the first mall I went to. That was your first mall? My first mall in Memphis. So I was like, okay, I'm going to go. And I saw a little Macy's. I'm going to go check it out off Elvis <laughs> Presley. I remember walking in the mall and I see a food court when I first walk in. I said, right. oh, that's that's odd. It's okay. still there. <laughs> it's still there. Okay. I said, okay, food court. All right. I see little chains in the middle. And that, very familiar, right? Reminded mm. me of Greenbrier Mall in Atlanta where I grew up. And then I turned to the left. I see Macy's. And I turned to the right. I see Sears. I'm like, so... <laughs> That's it. <laughs> so that was almost, you know, because we equate shopping, right, with certain parts of the city. And um, I realized very quickly that Whitehaven was an entrepreneurial type uh, community where you had small black businesses. So I did support them, but it was also very unfamiliar mm-hmm. for me. So really just for two years, I worked did all things Whitehaven. So you, you might have saw me in classic hits, classic songs. Hey, I might Back in 09, 2010. You four for four. Yes. <laughs> but um, that was me my first two years of, of Memphis. Okay. And yeah. what what company did you get with when in those two weeks uh, of hitting Memphis? It was, the, we'll just say you distribution. Say. The okay, distribution. distribution. Um, and that was a different culture too, right? Mm-hmm. Very much a culture shock. Um, but it was in South Haven. So I knew... South Haven during the daytime, White Haven in the evening. Um, but it was it was an interesting experience. Uh, mm-hmm. So much that I knew that as much as I wanted that job, as much as I enjoyed that paycheck, I knew I needed an escape. Mm-hmm. Um, the type of issues I was dealing with with employees, fighting, 2, 3 you in the were morning. Doing your HR I was background. doing HR and I'm working second, third shift. Oh. I'm like, y'all oh, wake Oh, okay. Yeah. 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 I'm like, Especially are y'all in that fighting? environment? Are you grown? <laughs> you older than me, fighting. And you, and you had to kind of, you know, make sure. You almost were like, you looking for cameras, like, am I, am I being punk? Like, for real? What is really, yes. like, I, okay, one, the, the, <laughs> I don't tell the story. It's one issue where there was a young lady, I'm going to say late 20s. She's writing on the bathroom walls with markers, permanent markers about her coat. So-and-so slept with so-and-so and watch out. For- you was getting some of what? that. Now I got to write you up. I got to do an investigation. Really? That's what we do. Right. And so in that moment, I said, I have got to volunteer i gotta i gotta escape <laughs> right and so i just started volunteering on the weekends and I, I i started to meet really cool people in the city and it kind of opened up my eyes to you know things going on in midtown downtown i'm meeting um you know leaders of companies because that's what they do on the weekend so that was definitely keeping me level between the craziness in my day job and and trying to release it on the weekend oh my. <laughs> crazy right yes yes <laughs> I, I totally know what you're talking about though it's time to hear from a couple of more of our sponsors for the verbally effective live talk show at Lamorno in college this upcoming friday october 26 3 p.m at the little theater whether it's screen printing embroidery or promotional products the t-shirt lab consistently produces 
purchases quality products with a fast turnaround. Design it, print it, and wear it. Contact the T-Shirt Lab today at theTshirtLab.com or email them at info at theTshirtLab.com or call 901-207-3043. The T-Shirt Lab. Design it, print it, and wear it. Be sure to check out Robusto by Havana Mix, downtown's premium cigar bar, located at 250 Peabody Place, Suite 105. You can call them for details at 901-522-2909 or check out their website at HavanaMix.com. RT White Enterprises presents Seafood Sacks, Sip and Dine, November 23rd, 6 until 9 at Jack Robinson Gallery. That's 400 South Front Street. Guests must be 21 years of age. Get your tickets today at Seafood Sacks on Instagram. So, okay, so you're in Memphis. Mm-hmm. Um, I had met you on a panel. Yeah. Which was a women's empowerment panel. Very and cool. you had a lot of wonderful words to say to the young ladies. I yeah. Remember yeah, you got a good memory. I do. <laughs> now, how did you get into the whole event planning space? Uh, you know what's crazy? So, And even just starting your just starting business. Starting it. God. God, when God makes you uncomfortable, mm-hmm. he's going to keep making you uncomfortable until you do what you're supposed to do. Um, so I'll take you back to when I'm volunteering. Right. So I'm meeting these executive directors. I'm meeting CEOs of nonprofits. I'm just really um, getting this, this huge network of people. Right. And I'm also, you know, trying to find out what the young professionals are. So I'm going to every particular networking event. I'm just meeting the young professionals. And as I talk to them, they're frustrated in their jobs. They don't feel like. Um, they're getting the fair shade as for a fair chance as people that don't look like them. But I'm meeting all of these, you know, black business owners and executive directors, so on and so on. And I just saw this vision where I need these young professionals to talk to these people I'm starting to meet. And I literally would just email. That's the other thing. Email. I can email the mayor here. I can email a CEO, whatever. They will email you back. You don't get that back in Atlanta because everybody is kind of <laughs> up here, mm-hmm. right? Untouchable. Get with my people. Right. But Memphis has that Mayberry feel where people really genuinely want to help you. So the first person I reached out to was uh, J.W. Gibson. And I said, hey, um, I'm starting to meet a lot of really cool young professional people. I really would love it if we could do like an intimate dinner. You know, tell us your story. How'd you get started? How do you play these corporate politics? He said, sure, no problem. So I created a dinner with the CEO series. So I gave it a name, just kind of reached out to people that I knew. And I, and I didn't think anything beyond that. I thought, okay, I'll do this one dinner with J.W. Gibson. It'll be a wrap. And people, as soon as it finished, all right, when's the next one? <laughs> the what? <laughs> they wanted to put those. Okay, I'll do another one. And so the next one was with uh, Ekandayu Bandele. He is the executive director at Hattie Lou Theater. So, um, again, people enjoyed that session. So I just started to create more and more and more. Well, we were holding these dinners at um, Chef Fran. She was on Bill Street. Mm-hmm. Um, I cannot remember the exact name of it, but she had a, a restaurant where she did like novelty cupcakes at the end of Bill Street. Well, she decided to open up her own standalone restaurant. Um, so that was 2000. God, that was 2013. So I did that for about a good two years. Mm-hmm. And after two years of that, she said, OK, I want to open up a standalone in Midtown. She opened up HM Dessert Lounge November 2015. And she was like, well, I need you to be my social media manager. And I said, okay, cool. No problem. I'm taking pictures <laughs> at my events. I'm posting them on my page. I can do that for you. And the first week, 
booming. I mean, people are like, oh, my God, HM Lounge, I'm there putting 20s in her pocket. Just, you know, I want to pour into you. I want to support you. But then week two, there wasn't no traffic. And I'm like, Fran, where where are the people? What's what's going on? What had happened? And I said, well, let's get some money together. Let's go to the flyer. Let's put you on TV. She's like, Cynthia, I spent all of my money. And it was in that moment I got to see what it looked like to be in a black restaurant. Um, and that's kind of where Black Restaurant Week birthed. And once I created that event, it was like, okay, maybe I'm supposed to be doing events all the time. So that's kind of how that world kind of came about. But I never wrote out a business plan. Okay, I'm going to become <laughs> chief event strategist with Cynthia Day and the company in like three to five years. Like none of that happened. It was very organic, Ina. Oh, my. <laughs> So that was like the birth of Memphis Black Restaurant. Yes, it was. Yeah. So I I, I would have even thought that maybe you knew they did that in Atlanta or somewhere else, but mm-hmm. it was really from Chef Fran's story. It started with me trying to generate business for her restaurant. Mm-hmm. And so I talked to a few other business owners about this idea. But I also recognized Memphis was a foodie town. You know, we've got Jewish festival, Greek festival, Italian festival, Indian festival. I mean, everybody has a festival except for black people. Mm-hmm. So I was like, we're going to have us a black restaurant week mm-hmm. for seven days. And people would, we love a discount. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so I said, yeah, for lunch, you get two items for 15, three items uh, for dinner for 20, 20 or tw- 25. And people just loved it. I said, okay, if I can get 100 people to be part of this, because I just use social media, you know, you use free resources. Mm-hmm. If I can get 100 people to come out and support, that would be amazing to support eight restaurants. We had over 3,000 the you first did, year. You did that. I remember that first I remember that Monday. That. And, again, I'm doing this with a full-time job. But I remember Monday, my timeline was full of food. I'm like, they're really out here <laughs> supporting. It was it was surreal. That's the word I continue to use to this day that people believe in these um, these events that I'm creating for the black community. They really support. And it's just it baffles me. Um, but eighty five thousand dollars was spent in one week. Wow. I didn't. What? Awesome. Especially for Memphis. For, for Memphis to support. Like mm-hmm. that's something I do not take for granted because I'm not from here. But I really, truly love this city. I believe in the potential. So I will always create as much as I can here. But people really do trust me. They believe in me. I have some people, if I put out something right now, I need a ticket. I want to support. I want to be there. So I do not take that for granted. It's, it's amazing. And now yeah. we're going into year... So technically, I've been in business a year and a half, full time, but I in company. But I've been doing events since 2013. Right, because yeah. you you've had Memphis Black Restaurant Week for how long? Mm-hmm. Now? I've done three now, and so it's growing and growing. It's growing, and growing. <laughs> Nina, that week has brought in half a million dollars in the Black Restaurant community. That is awesome. Oh. Thank you. And it sparked this national um, event where every city now is creating a Black Restaurant Week, which I think is so cool. Um, But my fourth one is coming up. I actually had a lady reach out to me two weeks ago from Oklahoma City. She says, we're chartering a bus to Memphis Black Restaurant Week. I need to know what parts of town should we book a hotel. Awesome. What? That is awesome. Say what? Girl. That is awesome. <laughs> Thank you. So it's Thank coming you. up. When is it coming up? 
It's coming up the first week of March. I want to say it's going to be March 6th through 10th okay. of 2019. Okay. Yeah. Awesome. I know, I know it's going to be like even more <laughs> money generated Thank this you. particular it's, upcoming year. Yeah. Now, you have your top 40 under 40. Oh, my God. Everybody <laughs> loves that particular event. It's an amazing night. Now, how do you choose the people mm-hmm. for mm-hmm. top 40 under 40? So... I know you probably get asked that a lot. I do. And I like to let people know I remove myself as far as I can from the process. So, and I'm a planner. Mm -hmm. I think most 40 under 40 events, they pick people the next month. It's an event. No, 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 no. Mm -hmm. Like this is a black tie super fly event. So I need to make sure we have the people um, vetted. It's not just, oh, they work for this company. We're going to pick them and they mama do this. Uh-uh. Right. <laughs> they need to legit have um, a great background. So we have um, an open nomination process, June 1st through June 30th of every year. And it's, it's simple. Mm-hmm. We ask for 300 words, 300. Why should this person be awarded this award? And we ask for their community involvement. Um, You know, not just if you do great on your job every day, that's great. But what else are you doing outside of that? Um, And that's it. And so I have a nomination committee of uh, sponsors and also people over the age of 40. So there's no bias there. It's not, oh, we used to hang out and we went to U of M in the morning. No, 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 no. It's a legit process. Um, This year we had over 700 nomination so these are 700 people submitting to the nominee committee saying mm-hmm. i want to be selected mm-hmm. well not i it's usually somebody's nominating somebody okay, else somebody, okay somebody's nominating yeah them okay. exactly That's yeah a lot of people to go through girl i'm so glad i don't do it <laughs> wow yeah but it's it's a beautiful process and again for me i love to tell you how it came about tell me so <laughs> the Again, this is <laughs> nothing is scripted, people. I do not write any of this down. I'm literally in my first meeting planning Black Restaurant Week with a group of my friends. Mm-hmm. Like, hey, guys, I have this great idea. This is January 23rd. No, January 2016. So we're at HM Dessert Lounge having brunch on a Saturday, and I'm passing out my little literature. Okay, so these this is what Black Restaurant looks like. This is um, how it's going to work. It's like 8 o'clock in the morning on a Saturday. And I have this moment where I'm looking around. It's 12 of my friends. And I say, they are rocking with me early on a Saturday morning. Like, they are so dope. And in that moment, I was thinking, they've never really been celebrated. Like, who's really telling them, like, we appreciate you. Like, I appreciate you, but has anybody in Memphis ever said, you're dope for doing this, you're dope for doing this? And in that moment, I stopped. I'm telling it just happened so fast. I'm reading, you know, Black Restaurant Week. And I said, hey, guys, hey, when I finish this event, so at the end of March, I'm going to start planning like a 40 under 40 for African-Americans. And it's going to be a black tie gala. And they looking at me like, oh, okay, girl. Like, <laughs> like they probably like, she going to do it right. too. <laughs> but they, and they know me. But in that moment, it wasn't, again, as well thought out plan. It's just I, I feel like I'm so in tune with God. And when he gives me that vision, I have to jump on it because he's given it to me for a reason. Um, and I purely really do want to celebrate people that look like me in this city. It, it, it also bothers me that every other list would only have like two or three of us. Mm-hmm. But this is a 65 percent majority African-American city, right? Yes, it is. So to me, it was also 
maybe that was subconsciously already in my mind. But in that moment, I said, I'm just going to do it myself. Instead of complaining, let me do it. And so I never forget in <laughs> April. And the first thing I always do, I have a graphic designer, Kenneth Worlds. He's amazing. He create, he makes my stuff real. I think about it. I tell him what it is. Once he gives me my logo, I'm like, Bet, let's go. So he gives me the logo in April of 2016. I put it on Facebook. I love free resources. And I'm like, hey, Facebook land, I'm creating top 40 under 40 early professionals. It's going to be in November. Tickets go on sale, you know, in July, July 1. I figured by July I would at least be able to map out the venue, <laughs> uh, the time. entertainment. Give me a little time. Now I can plan it, right? When the tickets went on sale July 1st, for 350 people, because I figured if I start July, that'll give me enough time. November comes, it'll be done. <laughs> Tickets sold out in two weeks. Wow. So I'm like, oh, snap. <laughs> <laughs> I really have to deliver this yes. event. And it has to be dope. And it has to live up to this hype that I'm giving it. But I, I just, I saw it. Mm-hmm. I saw it. And that's the thing about event planners. We see everything playing out every day up until the event. So I would see it every day on my drive, what it looked like, what the people looked like, what it sounded like. And it worked. And in that moment of two weeks selling tickets, it just showed me the need for it, that people were hungry to be able to dress up. Because, you know, I always have people that I don't want to call them haters. I just call them people that um, they're not exposed to certain things. So they're like. People not going to dress up in Memphis. Ain't nobody going to go to that. She, she Give know. them something to go to with that. We come out the house. <laughs> yeah. Don't nobody do that. <laughs> well, if you create the right platform, right. people will come to it. And so that's what I also keep in mind when I create events. But I said, I know I like to dress up. I just don't always have a place to do it. And so I would tell people. Nothing is too much. If you want to wear your fur, you want to sparkle, bring it. And baby, the weather was right. The furs came out. Oh, my God. It was a, it was an incredible night. And then I'm extra. I said, if you want to change for the after party, you can do that. And people did. Mm-hmm. It was just a beautiful night. And the awardees at the end of the night just told me how much they appreciated it. You know, to me, it wasn't an event that celebrated them, but they were just telling me the impact. I was able to bring my family here to see me get celebrated. You know, my job gave me a promotion because they heard about this award. Now I'm like fighting tears, like, wow. Like sometimes I don't think about the impact it makes on people. I just make sure as a event planner that it looks good and it flows well, you know. So it's that's kind of. Awesome. That's an awesome <laughs> event. And it's Thank good you. to be recognized. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Because yeah. everybody don't get their flowers when they need to get them. Absolutely. And it's always too late. And like always. you said, Memphis is what, over 65% black population. I'm telling you. So we're, we, we're, we're not represented, though. No, no. 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 So, I mean, <laughs> even with that being said, yeah. did you ever face any challenges in this <sighs> event planning industry yeah. with things concerning race or yeah. um, even <laughs> just being a male-dominated industry? You know, Absolutely. things of that nature. Absolutely. So, I'm, I'm unapologetically black with what I create. And I remember with Black Restaurant Week, uh, because the Commercial Appeal co- uh, covered it and Memphis Flyer covered it. You know, anything online, you got these trolls that want to oh, come definitely. out. And immediately, the people that didn't look like me were, oh, my God, you are racist. That's why Memphis can't be one, because you got word black in it. And I'm oh, just, wow. I'm hearing it left and right. So, of course, I'm trying to, 
it became exhausting, but I really tried to respond to everybody and explain, no, the vision is this. I want to showcase hidden treasures in the African-American community. You know, I got to use that word, you know, so they feel a little bit better. You know, I guess black is <laughs> too black. You can't say black. They just hit them too black. hard. <laughs> so in the African-American community. Um, but it just became exhausting. And I think a lot of people just took that word and harped on it and just wanted to call me racist. So, you know what, I if they if they don't talk about you, you know, you're not doing the right thing. So I just kind of took that role. And I think by the second year, after they saw the picture, so they just saw black. They didn't know what the event was. But I think once a lot of people saw the economic impact, oh, she just means she's highlighting black restaurants. Oh, oh, oh now they understand. We talk about <laughs> money. People understand that. They understood it. So it, it's gotten easier. Yeah. With the 40 under 40 urban elite professional, I had a lot of people, our people, why you got to use urban? Because we're urban. <laughs> Why I got to be elite? That's elitist. Oh, you getting it because, from all sides. All sides. Oh, okay. I okay. love my people. I do. <laughs> but it is it is challenging. And I try to do it with grace every time. Thank you for sharing your concerns. This is what I've created. If you feel the need to create something, please do. Mm-hmm. Um, I remember there were uh, a, a few people uh, of other races, not even Caucasian, but why, does that include, you know, my demographic? It does not. But if you want to create one, you can for your community. But this is this is my vision for my people, and I'm never going to apologize for that. If you want to do it for your people, please do. There's space for all of us, you know. Oh, my. I never yeah. thought about you getting that kind of, uh, Girl, like, you know. You, you would. Yeah. <laughs> but say you handle it, you handle it very professionally. And I think it comes too. from that. It's that HR background. Mm-hmm. It helps me keep a level head. I see. Okay. That does. Atlanta. I tr- no, Atlanta. Don't come out. Stay <laughs> down there, Atlanta. Don't hey, look. coming. It's, it's on Be like, hey, shout it. Hey. Oh, my hey. gosh. <laughs> wow. Okay. So, what about yeah. even in the event planning space? Because mm-hmm. I know that. You know, you you go to conferences. Yeah. You know, you do your research yeah. on yeah. making this thing pop. It's real. Yeah. It's real. Yeah. So do well. Question: sure. Is this industry a male-dominated industry? I I think it's fifty-fifty. Okay. I think it's fifty-fifty. I think that I'm a little bit unique in what, what I do. Uh, and I say that because a lot of event planners, I would say the majority, wait until a client hires them and then they execute the client's vision. You go ahead and start. I just get the vision and I go. <laughs> yeah. I, I don't even always have the money, but I just say, you know what, this has to happen. And I think that's the difference. I I counted yesterday before this interview. I have eight signature events. Mm-hmm. That keeps me busy. Yes. Alone by itself. Annual events. Annual events, big That's events. Awesome. Um, but some event planners, they just oh, okay. Well, so and so wants to do this great event. I will take the the vision and I'll run with You're it. So off of someone else's vision, absolutely. And so running I, with it and creating it, right? But I think just overall in the industry, I think with weddings, social, corporate events, it's it's fifty fifty. What's yeah. your favorite event ah, of the eight? Of the eight, yes. It depends on the day. I would definitely say um, I enjoy Elixir because Elixir, I'm, I'm a music head, so that really comes out of my DNA. Um, and then you got 40 under 40, though. I think that being able to highlight and celebrate 40 different people and tell 40 different stories, 
I, I think that's the one that's the most um, gratifying for me. Yeah. And it's sold yeah. out. It's sold out. Can I, I get a look? Can I yeah. get that? Look, look, look. Listen. <laughs> I'm going to see what I can do because you are double E in the F-Cop. Say what you can do for me. I'm going to see. I'm going to see. Get, like, bring that gown. I know you got a gown already, girl. I got a couple of gowns. I, I want to bust them out. And then you can change for the after party. Yes. Yes. So I love like it. the after party, is yes. it like one big party or is it different rooms too for so the after party? So it's one big party. And we literally had to kick people out last year. So We don't want to go home, man. No, because, and again, for me, I've been to enough galas in my lifetime. They're beautiful. It's usually about 10 young people under the age of 30, everybody else seasoned. And you have this great event, you eat dinner, it's great entertainment, and then you go home. Right. No, not, I want an experience. I wanted, I literally thought if Diddy planned a gala in Memphis, what would it look like? Mm -hmm. So the after party um, is from 9 to midnight. And we just had a DJ. I said, I want you to go hard. <laughs> and baby, at 1230, the DJ said, look, I got to go home. Oh and we <laughs> we had to make an announcement. Like, I know y'all are having a good time, but you got to go. Oh, wow. It was just beautiful. It was just black excellence. People letting their hair down, just celebrating. It was, it's a, it's a good time for sure. And what is the date? November 17th. Okay, November yeah. 17th. Have you mm -hmm. announced all of your awardees? Uh, today I, I'm up to number thirty four. Okay, so yeah. it's coming. It's coming. It's, it's coming. coming. Yeah, right, we gonna we gonna have to name this episode forty because it's my fortieth episode, and you I missed think top 40 it on needs the 40. to be forty. That's my it's lucky be number. Forty. <laughs> forty. Yes. Now, Cynthia, if yes. I were to uh, speak to three people that mm -hmm. know you very well, <laughs> what are a few adjectives they would give me to describe you? Oh man, um, I would say driven because once I get an idea, I will not let it go until I can solve that problem. Um, I would say petty. You petty. I'm 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 petty. You like in real in life. In real life, <laughs> I can't be petty on social media, but mm -hmm. um, I'm I'm real sarcastic. I like to make jokes. I like to crack and say little things. So they would definitely say that about me when I when I'm off. Right, right. I I can do that. Um, what else? I'm very loving person. I'm very loyal. So uh, people that are my friends know I will I will go to the earth end for them. Yeah. Now, do you have? Um, a set group of friends like do you welcome new friends in I kind of <laughs> had this conversation with my last guest yeah because you know just you know you in the spotlight mm -hmm. Um, mm -hmm. I know people are drawn to that yeah. I mean can you spot it dead on when, when you know what I'm you know <laughs> it's what I'm so getting. funny yeah, yeah it's funny because I tell my my friends um it's like the matrix now like when I see people coming yeah. I can kind of see their intentions right away mm -hmm. um i I do accept new friends. They're not necessarily on the friend level when I meet them. Mm -hmm. But, you know, we kind of start as associates. We can meet for coffee, kind of hang out. But I don't let them all the way in mm -hmm. until I know it's a genuine thing. So I'm open to new friends. A lot of my friends are all over the country now because, you know, my, my core group was from college. But I have some really near and dear true friends in Memphis, too. But I would say kind of before I became a business owner, mm -hmm. we, were, we were friends. So you with the still, you still with the core group. Yeah, yeah, but definitely. That's, that's a good thing. <laughs> yeah. Now, can you tell me about a time mm -hmm. when you almost gave up? 
Now, now we kind of talked about a couple Listen. of them when I think about Listen. it. But I want to talk about with Cynthia Daniels and with company. Cynthia Daniels and company. I'll be very, very transparent. Um, really, the first gala. So again, my 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 weakness at the time, I I didn't make a budget. I just said, okay, if Diddy plans a gala. What is it going to look like? like? I'm going to do like Diddy. <laughs> and so at the time, I, I booked uh, Opera Memphis. It's my favorite venue in the city. Um, and I wanted to expose people to something different. I worked with an event designer who had like these $300 centerpieces. I'm like, I'm over the top with you like, do it, the do planet. It, do right. it. And then when I got all the bills, I said, ooh, I don't have enough money. The sponsors aren't really coming in. I said, you know what? I don't think I can do this. I don't think it can really happen. I just may need to cancel it. You know, hopefully people give me some grace. Like, hey, guys, I had an idea. I wanted to do it. I ain't got enough money. You know, maybe I sell some fish plates on on the oh, weekend or something. Hi. But I really wanted to not do it. And I had a, a conversation with a few of my core friends. And they said, you know what, Cynthia, why don't you scale it down a bit? You don't need $300 centerpieces, right? Like. Right. Memphis has never had it before, so why don't you start small and build it up? Mm -hmm. um, so, and so in doing that, and honestly talking to a few of my vendors, like, hey, you know what? Sponsorships money not coming in. You know, what's the latest I can pay you? Like, just being very transparent with people that are listening because it, it, it looks picture perfect sometimes on social media, but you really mm -hmm. have to take the moment to slow down. And so I really just wanted to, I really wanted to cancel it. Um, even though tickets were sold, that still didn't pay for the food and pay for a couple of other things. So, um, luckily it worked out. Luckily, Them I was sponsors came through. Sponsors came through. Oh, but, but they be so last minute. Don't you be like last oh. minute? <laughs> but also, when you're just honest with people, like a yeah. lot of people, are like Cynthia, I just love the fact that you're doing this. I'm gonna give you a discount. Look at God, the discounts came through. I know they did. I know they did. <laughs> yeah. Wow. Yeah. Your very first one. And look, it's just grown and it's, grown. it's incredible. It's incredible. I'm yeah. so proud of you, Cynthia. Thank you. We're gonna make you just from Memphis. You from Memphis. That look that's how they used to do it. You from Memphis. You from Memphis now. You from Memphis. I've been here nine years. Oh well yeah. I'm from Memphis. Do you think you're gonna stay in Memphis? That's a great question. Um mm. it's wherever God leaves me. I I wanna I'm a Memphian, right? I'm a Memphian by choice. I'm here to stay. I want the city to improve. All of my core family is still in Atlanta. Um, so right now, I I still say I I live here, but I visit them. But, mm -hmm. you know, this magical person could come in my life from a whole Ooh. different city, country, Ooh. might fly me away. Ooh, I don't, woo, I, don't woo. I don't know. I don't know. But my oh. heart my heart is always here. I don't know why I want to be Cupid. Ah! Girl, listen, I am, I'm 38. I love music. I love museums. I love to travel. You let me know. Let, let me know, boo. Know, Single and ready to mingle. Hey, y'all hear that, <laughs> fellas? I see y'all downloading and clicking on the there, podcast. You hear Miss Cynthia Daniels. If you love Outcast, like we already, we go together. Yes. I just want to say that. Yeah. Oh. We go together. Okay. You yeah. know what? Before we get into these current events, tell yes. me about your podcast that you're doing. Ah, you're so, a fellow podcaster. Well, yes. I'm a fellow podcaster. Um, so it's called Grind Set. So it's really a play off the word mindset. And Memphis is a city of grit and grind. And so Epicenter wanted to create a space to talk about business ownership for black women mm -hmm. um again my story they were just really impressed with it like i went from this corporate you know white collar career to just saying you know what i'm gonna just start a company from the ground up mm -hmm. and they really want me to help to encourage women 
to just say, you know, if you're unhappy in your day job, like stop getting that comfortable paycheck and go out there and solve problems and live your best life and and live your dreams. And we always have women on the show. So our first episode was Andrea Johnson, CEO of Bubba Bistro. Yes, Um, we had (laughs) we had Nubian Simmons. She is the CEO of the Pink Bakery. Mm -hmm. So we have really cool women that have very untraditional stories on the show. And we talk Mm -hmm. about what it looks like to just, you know, make sure you get your bills paid, but also live your dream and stop being unhappy. And do you find that when you hear these stories from these female entrepreneurs that Mm -hmm. what what is like? the major thing stopping them from quitting their job is it, is oh, it the money is it the absolutely. family is it yeah it's, what? it's it's money definitely family benefits mm-hmm. right you don't want to leave those benefits like you the, the paycheck is one thing but you want to make sure that your family is taken care of and if you're a single mother or if you don't have that you know two income household how do you make it work mm-hmm. um and so my my co-host is actually a banker at First Tennessee. We're not a banker, but he works in the banking industry. So he talks about what it looks like to get, you know, loans, um, get looking, trying to get a venture capitalist, an angel investor. So there are other options out there to kind of help offset that. Wow. Yeah. And how often can we hear your podcast? So, um, that's a great question. I know we <laughs> record twice a month. I'm still new at it. We've only done three episodes, but we're releasing them right now every Friday. Okay. So uh, we're trying to stay ahead of that schedule right now. Okay. Yes. <laughs> Thank you. Hello, podcaster. Now yes. let's jump into this current event. Oh, current what event. you got for me? What we, what we going to okay, talk about? Okay, we're going to kick off with Melania Trump, girl. Oh, we're going to kick off with Melania, but... Girl. Your boy T.I. from the ATL. That's my homie. Your boy. Yeah. Your boy. Okay. So did you see (laughs) the video he just came out with on, I think, Tuesday? Yeah. um, Very very recent. Posted a video featuring uh, Melania Trump lookalike dancing without clothes in a fake oval office. I mean. When I saw it, I was like, wow, Tip, you did it like that? He, <laughs> it's very tip, very tip like. Um, but at the same time, what what has always baffled me, people went so hard on Michelle Obama. Oh, they she's did. an A, she's a gorilla, she's not. This woman went to Princeton, right? A lawyer, like like nothing was good enough. But nobody ever mentioned Melania from Slovenia. C- come on, okay posing new like nobody talked about it so i think he was just kind of you know taking it there like he was a little extreme but that's who he is right yeah. he gets the the conversation going but he i mean really he was gonna, it was, was going back it, to her roots huh i mean i mean i'm just saying oh i'm just saying okay it's so real i see what you're doing it's out there now <laughs> like the white house is trying to say this is just disgusting you're depicting the first lady because she's never done it right oh okay oh, oh okay then i see where you going okay with that. i see where you're going right. now you know what we can put <laughs> by melania we're gonna talk about <laughs> we're gonna talk about now you podcast listeners mm. i know we talk about yay a lot but we have to address keep us and keep us talking about we have to address that drake interview on lebron james show on yeah. hbo um he recently, uh, the I think the last episode, mm-hmm. and he was addressing how Kanye totally manipulated him Man. into giving him all that information yep. about him having a child, yep. about his next the release date. Like what? 
Shady. Shady. Do you believe, first of all, do you believe Drake? I absolutely believe Drake. I like the sincerity on his face during that, you know, interview. And And you know he's an actor, though. (laughs) You know he's an actor. That Degrassi, I don't know. He done came a long way in. He did. But even, and so I'm a LeBron fan, too. Okay. And just the way... like, you know when your friend co-signing for you yeah. and LeBron was like, yeah, when I got that text, like, you just, you knew it was yeah. a thing that really happened. Yeah. You know, so I just, I think it was really shady. I think that when you talk about somebody's family, you're just crossing the line. Mm-hmm. You know, what if Drake were to come back and talk about Kanye's three kids? Like, you. Yeah. And he didn't come back with, he didn't come back he like He took that. the high road. He I respect did. Drake so much for that. He did. And a yeah. lot of people was like, well, is he going to fall off? No, he did no. not. Wasn't it like a billion downloads uh, <laughs> yeah. when he dropped Scorpio? Yeah. No, he, he, because if he would have went there, I don't think his fans would have rocked with him the same way. Are you still rocking with Ye? Child. Let me see. So, you know what? I I really, I was I had him in a category. Like, okay, I'm going to still do college dropout. I'm going to still do graduation. And I would try to separate, like, old Kanye from new Kanye. And now I don't, I, I can't stand the sound of his voice. Mm. Yeah. Especially when he's on TMZ every other day oh saying when something When he said foolish. slavery was a choice. Slavery was Girl. a choice. Was that's, when it, that's when I was like, I delete, <laughs> take all the old albums off. Come on, man. What do Come you on. think is wrong with Kanye? So I'm not, I'm not a therapist, psychologist, whatever you want to call it, but I really think there's you got some, your HR background. Ah, I do. I have a, a behavioral, behavioral science. science degree. Okay. Thank you for the reminder. So <laughs> with someone with that degree, I do think he hasn't dealt with some, some some deep issues mm-hmm. in his life and I think losing his mother that's when you saw a whole different side of him um, again I don't know Kanye I'm hoping he dealt with it but I don't know I just seem seems like he's lashing out a lot and he is diagnosed bipolar oh that's he's that's diagnosed so bipolar. I thought you know how he just say stuff he, it's real diagnosed bipolar so maybe is he not taking the medicine that's my thing I okay. don't think he's taking his medicine and then is your wife well, ain't nobody saying is your wife this. helping you get on track is she what what is kim up to these days what's she doing being naked on the ground <laughs> with her titties out that was she doing <laughs> with her coaching out that's well, what kim do well that the, the usual the usual wow and, and i wonder like when they have conversations at home like after she posted that last pic does listen, he say babe that listen. was a little too much I'm gonna have to. I got. I have a story for you. I cannot say it on this podcast, but you can say whatever you want. I cannot. But my brother, being who he is, Mm -hmm. really good friends with Tip. Really good friends with some people. Off my convo. Off the mic. Okay. Well, let's jump right into this old school. (laughs) So we can wrap it up. Wrap it up. We about to do this old school hip hop game because you know oh my favorite. What you got? What you got? Let's see. Now right. this stuff might be a little too easy for Cynthia. I don't know. Let's see, girl. Let's see. Let's see. You know, because okay. I am an artist. You know, I've been on hooks. You know, right? You are hooks from the ATL. <laughs> so okay, number one. Yes. Which record label featured artists such as Dr. Dre, Tupac, and Snoop Dogg? See, this easy. Girl, Death Row Records. Okay, she got that one. Okay, okay number two. How old was the notorious B.I.G. when he died? I'll give you options. I want to... Oh, go ahead. Okay. A, 26, B, 25, C, 24, D, 23. You know what? 23 came to mind, but I also see 25. So, I'm going to go with... I'm going to go with 25. 
24. 24. You were close. Okay. I knew it was early 20s. You were close. Okay, All number right. three, Five Dog, Q-Tip, and Ali Shaheed Muhammad were the members of what rap group? A tribe called Quest. Hey, hey. <laughs> See, that's too easy for you. I should have I I had cool. to consult with a, with a <laughs> real, with these. Okay. I, okay, what is 50 Cent's real name? Curtis Jackson. She know And everything. I don't even like him like that. Do you watch Power? No, I don't. You don't? I don't you really don't have time. Power? I don't have time to watch TV. You don't watch TV in Not real life? In real life. Like, okay, I went to Atlanta this weekend to visit my folks. I, 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 <laughs> I, binge, <laughs> I binge watch Insecure this Ooh, weekend. yes, that's a good one that's to watch. That's a good show. But just to be able to keep up with something week to week, I don't have time. So you got to, mm-hmm. like, really just get away from everything yes, to indulge I in do. TV. Things, simple things like TV. Simple things like TV, yeah. Well, yeah. okay, when Cynthia Daniels goes home today. Yes, yes. Now, I know you have your event at Oakcourt going on right, right now. Right, I'm about to go but, check that out. Right? Okay, so you're going back over there. Somebody yeah. delegating there right now. Yes. But, okay. That's the end Cove. Yeah. Okay, now, when you go back over <laughs> There, yeah, and make sure everything's straight. Yeah, and you go home. What's going on? Okay, Today, this is where the introvert resurfaces. Come to me, tell me about this introvert. So you know, I'm I'm really into Bubble Bistro, right? Oh, yes. Bubble Bistro is my therapy. Mm-hmm. So I will, you know, decide. Okay, which sense I want to hook up. You know, after a long day, I'll get my favorite right now is lemon pound cake and sugar mama. Those so are popular. Yeah, so I, you know, get the get the bath right. You know, just really just kind of. You know, think about the day, let it wash off and, you know, put my robe on and I just sit on the bed. I might read a few chapters of a good book, might listen to Marvin Gaye. Mar- if I've had a really long day, I will put on Marvin Gaye's Hear My Dear album. I and I, I could play that every day. Mm-hmm. Or if I need to laugh, I'll play Coming to America. So one of the three things, well, no, one of the two things. I'm either, you know, Marvin Gaye, Coming to America. I may do a Netflix movie, right? Like, if that's a luxury. If I have, like, a full hour and a half to watch a movie, then that means I really am doing some self-care that day and just trying to escape and relax a bit. But I'm real chill. But I don't need to get on the phone and talk to anybody. I don't need to go anywhere. Let me go get some drinks with my girls. I just like me time. Yeah. And during your me time, is your Mm -hmm. phone away? Absolutely. So you know how to unplug. Oh, you have to. Between the emails, social media, people calling, like you will go crazy if you're glued to your phone. Like my phone has been over here. I'm I'm into this podcast, but I see people, they are glued to that phone. That's that's a problem. Are and they t- like that at your events? You see some of that at your events? <laughs> you know what? <laughs> you should do like a no phone zone. I but you know what? I pride myself in the fact that people really they at Elixir. I had people that posted the next morning, girl, I forgot to take pictures. Mm. They're having that much fun with their friends that they're not even in absorbed and self-absorbed with, with cell phones and, and selfies. So I really, I think most people try to capture the moment. They, you know, tag a friend. They want to highlight what's happening. But I don't see people, you know, walking with their phones down, heads down, looking at the phone. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, that's good because there's a lot of that going on. And that's when you know it's a bad party, though. Well, when they on their phone, when they like on their, not, I'm guilty of that. When I'm at somebody's mm-hmm. stuff, and I'm if I'm on my phone for ten minutes more, ten minutes or more, I know it's time to go. What I know, because I'm I'd rather be entertained by an electronic device than what's in front of me. So that and my time is very precious to me, you know. So I'm like, you know what, 
I'm a tiptoe up out of here. Like I showed my face. I'm I out. Sh- I'm out. I'm the person <laughs> that will get to your event. I'll be the first one there so you can see me. Mm-hmm. Girl, how you doing? I'm so glad to be here. But if it's just not conducive to my time, mm-hmm. I'm going to dip on out. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. time is precious. You can't get it back. That's the one thing you can never get back. Mm-hmm. The older I get, I really, I, I value my time. Me too. Mm-hmm. Anybody got time for that? Okay. Okay. <laughs> now, what advice would you give um, mm-hmm. some of these young entrepreneurs out there mm-hmm. that may even want to get into the event planning mm-hmm. industry, such mm-hmm. as yourself? Mm-hmm. What are some of the first steps they should take? Mm-hmm. You know what? Try to solve a problem first. Don't try to replicate an event you've seen. So you don't need to do a day party. You don't have to do the the all white of party. I mean, and and I'm not knocking anybody else, but if it's if it's already someone doing something and it's a signature event and it's successful, don't try to compete and create what they're doing. Think about okay, what's this cool thing that Memphis doesn't have yet? And you work on creating that thing. Like everything under my wheelhouse is something new. Black Restaurant Week, Elixir, um, 40 Under 40, they're all unique. So it's not something that's trying to compete with somebody. And I think what happens with a lot of event planners, they're like, oh, well, they did a brunch. I'm going to do a brunch and I'm going to add this to it. Solve a problem instead. And that's going to be a winning formula every time. Um, now, how yeah. can everybody get in touch with you, Cynthia? Ah, so I am on social media. So, um, I'm, <laughs> but I'm 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 an old head. Do not look for me on Snapchat because I'm not there. But look for me on Facebook, Cynthia Names and Company. Instagram is Sin Daniels Cole. Um, I do check LinkedIn. I check that like once a week, but I don't think anybody tries to connect there. But if you do, you may. I will. I will. I will, I will <laughs> message you back. Mm. Um. And that's pretty much it. I mean, I really do try to respond to uh, inboxes, not a DM. But if you inbox me a legit question, mm. I will answer. I think after this podcast, somebody <laughs> might slide on in Slide in the DM. Yes. We got to say. Yes. <laughs> Cynthia, thank you so much for coming Man, on the podcast. Man, this was amazing. I don't, this is it time good. to end? No. Girl, we've been running our mouth for Girl. over hour. I'm going to have you Girl. back, though. Please. But you know what? I'm going to have you coming back as? What? You're going to be on my live show. Ooh. I'm having my first one at my alma mater next Friday. L-O-C. Congratulations. Thank you. Yeah. yeah. I have a panel okay. And- so my plan is for 2019, you'll yeah. see more of the live shows. And I want you to be So cool. Thank you. This was fun. And you you like my therapist. Like, you brought out all these child memories. I was just, because, you know, I know people, you yeah. know, know you and know the events that you have. I think yeah. it'd be cool that we could get to know some other things Me. about Cynthia. <laughs> yeah. And I'm so yeah. thankful that you shared. Yeah. Yeah. I appreciate it. See, fellas, <laughs> she likes to share. So down. And I love music. And she loves music. Lo- oh, concerts. Love, 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 love. So, What's your favorite yeah. concert you've been to? Do you do Beyonce? I respect her mm-hmm. as an entertainer. I don't have to go see her. Yeah. I do like her. Um, best concert. I'm going to say Sade. Mm-hmm. I saw her at FedEx Forum, I think 2011. Mm-hmm. Incredible. Incredible man! Oh my God, she's a right legend. Yeah. But I did see Anita Baker three times this year. You know she coming back. I, she, well, she coming to Memphis. I saw that. I'm gonna be in Atlanta. I'm so upset because it's right before Thanksgiving. But Anita, mm-hmm. Anita is a close second. 
And, be- and because I saw her three times, e- each show got better and better and better. So, oh, oh Watch the Throne. I forgot about that. That was watch good. Watch the Throne, it was good. That was back when I liked Kanye. So, yeah. Ah! <laughs> I'm done. I'm done now. Yeah, yeah. I'm done now. Oh my God, <laughs> Cynthia, you are indeed a Renaissance woman. Thank you, entrepreneur. Thank what, you. what do they call it? Um, mogul, like the uh, um, cereal mogul. Come on, yes. I, I received that. Yes. thank you. And you're deeply rooted in your spirituality, and I love Absolutely. that. Thank you. Thank, thank you for coming. My, my pleasure. Yes, very <laughs> effective episode forty. Top forty under forty. 40. Oh, oh, in the book. <laughs> 